This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, this is Sharmila Ganesan and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, should we restrict social media use to kids aged 16 and above? This comes from a call by a Suhakam commissioner saying that a minimum age of 16 should be set for social media with parental permission required until the age of 16. So we discussed the pros and cons of this and in general how best to manage how young people use social media. We want to hear from you. Do you agree with an age restriction for social media use? And if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media usage? You can call 77332900, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number 018789899. This is Inside Story. is 6.08. And uh, as you said, Sharad, this suggestion comes from um, Suhakam Commissioner, Professor Datuk Noor Aziah Mohamad Awal, who suggested that a minimum age of 16 should be set for children's access to social media and that even after 16, that they should require parental permission until the age of 18. So this comes in response to government findings that even primary school kids have TikTok accounts. And Noor Aziah said that younger children are particularly vulnerable to being manipulated or exploited on social media and that extra safeguards should be put in place to protect them, that they must be made aware of dangers such as catfishing or even groomers or or pedophilia. And this um, aligns with the fact that the Malaysian Internet Watch Foundation has also been receiving increased reports of child sexual abuse materials found online. Now, The thing is, a lot of social media platforms, including Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat and WhatsApp, usually require users to be at least 13 years of age. But other than needing to put your birth date down to sign up for an account, there's no verification process as such. And of course, what most people do is put in a fake birth year and then you'll be able to start an account. Um, And so this puts the whole thing into quite a complicated territory because... Most kids are on social media in some form or the other. Um, But a lot of parents actually have very little idea what they're doing when they're on social media. Yeah, perhaps, you know, even if you take a step back and ask, you know, what kind of devices do kids get and what Mm. age do they get it at, right? So if a kid has a smartphone and they're getting their first smartphone age 9 or 10 or 11, uh, how can you begin to restrict the kind of world that the smartphone represents, right? It's an extension nowadays for us as adults uh, of our brains, of our social context and such. So um, I do wonder, though, you know, how is it that you could maybe as a parent give a child a smartphone and then say, well, these are the only ways that you can use it and not the others. I mean, this sounds like a conversation you need to have with your child, but uh, it's a complicated one because the child's going to be pulled in all kinds of directions by the actual world that... Uh, the smartphone represents. No, and with young people also doing a sort of all-round ra- all ban, we just don't want you to use it, um, may not necessarily work because on the one hand, there are many ways in which they can get around these restrictions. Uh, they may not be using their devices in front of their parents, but they also have access to devices in many ways. Um, so it is very complicated. And this notion of implementing an age restriction um 
I still have to think about it, to be honest, because on the one hand, I see where I see where the suggestion is coming from. But on the other hand, then do we risk alienating young people, completely ignoring that there are benefits to being um, on certain digital platforms? You learn a lot. You form important social connections. Um, so where's the push and pull of that, right? So we will be speaking after this with Associate Professor Dr. Sabaria Saleh, who, who is Head Secretariat of Jom Czech Malaysia. Uh, but we want to hear from you as well. Do you agree with this idea of having an age restriction for social media? And if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media use? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Blockbusters for me. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 6.13. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about um, a suggestion that social media use be restricted to those 16 and above. So we'd like to hear from you. Do you agree with this suggestion? Um, and if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media use? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. Joining us on the line is Associate Professor Dr. Sabaria Saleh, Head Secretariat of Jom Czech Malaysia. Uh, Dr. Sabaria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hello. So let's start with the headline itself. What do you think of the suggestion from Swakam that a minimum age of 16 should be set for access to social media and parental permission required till the age of 18? I think the, the idea sounds ideal on paper, but I also wonder how can it be you know, implemented effectively and efficiently um, because, you know, as it is, certain platforms already have, uh, you know, an age restriction like Facebook, Instagram. Technically, you're not supposed to use it, uh, you know, uh, and, until you're 13. But there's just so many avid users who are less than 13 years old. It's not easy uh, to control. And it's also difficult to expect parents, you know, to uh, be the police uh, in this case and monitor their children. Like, uh, you know, children will always have their way around it. They are very creative in a sense. Um, just sharing, you know, like, you know, I also try to control my children's social media, media usage by using like a family link app. But they somehow, you know, they just know how to maneuver around it. And in the end, you know, it is it wasn't you know successful so yeah it is it sounds ideal but you know there are just some things that needs to be uh, scrutinized i suppose now based on your observations uh, what are the main concerns when it comes to children having unrestricted access to social media in short what what should we be worried about there are a lot of dangers on social media technically Right. On one hand, there are online predators. Um, I think like a few years back, there was there was a story in the media about how you know young children are groomed uh, online, uh, and this is something that is very very worrying uh, because you know it involves their safety and uh, uh, and also you know their safety and well being uh, as well. Uh, and on the hand of uh, on another hand, there's also a possible impact on their uh, mental health. You know, sometimes they are cyberbullied uh, online and they don't know, you know, how to handle it. How do they go about it? How do they react to it and etc. And, you know, this continuous exposure can have a certain effect on them, like anxiety, for instance, or, uh, you know, uh, 
to a certain extent, probably depression as well. So this unrestricted access to social media for children, you know, it raises a concern. There are like the possible exposure to pornographic content, for instance. Uh, there are cartoons online that, you know, children would think as cartoons, but, you know, it's actually, uh, you know, content which are not age appropriate. So it is not easy uh, and uh, is very, very concerning. Uh, and I am, but however, I am not sure if posing this restriction, you know, to 16 year old is the best solution. So if we bring it down to um, the Malaysian context, what are some mm -hmm. of the major risks that children are more prone to encounter on our social media platforms? Um, I would say um, probably in, in the Malaysian context, probably it would be cyberbullying and also the, you know, this need uh, of being included, like the fear of missing out. There is a tendency for our children you know, to fit in because of our collectivistic culture, I assume, uh, that there is a need or tendency for them to be to feel that like they are a part of a certain group, of a certain subculture, I would say. Uh, you know, So uh, in a way, they try to fit in uh, and they are more susceptible uh, to following trends uh, and this may be dangerous. Uh, um, I have seen that, you know, children spending money on TikTok uh, because, you know, the products are viral. Uh, I must say, like, my own children, I'm kind of surprised, like, you know, uh, you know, I keep on receiving these uh, packages, which I wasn't sure where it came from. Uh, but I found out, you know, they, 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 was, they were on TikTok uh, and they could see, you know, these viral items and all that and they purchased it. So these are some of the um, harm, I would say, uh, on children. Uh, and also, I would say another form of harm would be being exposed to content in which you're not sure if it is, you know, fact or it is, you know, a form of disinformation or misinformation. So with the ability to easily access anything and everything online, this can indeed be very, very worrying. It could lead them to making bad decisions. Uh, it could affect their safety. And then you, there is a potential that they may believe whatever they see or listen to as being reality, uh, especially when, you know, shared by influencers, you know, who narrate it as if it's part of their daily life, you know, making it look so natural. So, yeah, it, it is some, these are some of the things that I think fits into the Malaysian context. You know, Savaria, so often we go to kind of the question of sexual content and 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 grooming and such. But what about content that you know, around political political ideas? You know, racialized hate speech, toxic masculinity. Are those also present for Malaysian uh, youth that might be actually unhealthy for them? Yes, this is interesting that you actually touched about, uh, you know, political content and racialized content and all that. I was just in a, a research which, uh, you know, we did a research on it. And uh, although they might not be the one who produce such content, they are exposed to such content. They are exposed to such content via, you know, their Instagram uh, reels, Instagram stories, uh, through TikTok. Uh, uh, and more often than not, uh, you know, sometimes they do participate in giving out comments. Uh, and these comments are sometimes just, you know, I think they think it's it's not, it's harmless. 
uh, you know, giving out such comments, they probably like think, you know, there's no repercussions uh, and etc. without realizing, you know, how it may hurt, you know, a certain uh, uh, sect or a certain you know, race, race uh, or religion. So uh, they are exposed to such content and it is actually uh, very difficult for us to control uh, them from being exposed to such content. So therefore, I think, you know, Probably it is. It makes more sense to educate them in uh, discerning, uh, you know, between good contents, you know, good type of contents, and you know, contents which they should not uh, readily trust. Uh, and you know, to inculcate them with skepticism, I think it's very important to be skeptical uh, when you come across, uh, you know, and any information, not to trust it fully, but to fact check, uh, uh, you know, and to see if it's credible information. So we do want to talk about the implementation, which you've touched on uh, a little bit already. But before we get into that, it might be worth mm-hmm. looking at what we are actually talking about when we say social media, because this notion has actually expanded a lot, right? I mean, it's not just TikTok, it's not just Instagram, but you know, kids spend a lot of time on gaming platforms. There are various private chat apps that they use. So what sort mm-hmm. of platforms are we actually talking about here? I think social media are platforms that, uh, you know, allow users to consume uh, content uh, which connects, uh, you know, people with others uh, and help them build communities. So in this sense, you know, even WhatsApp can be considered as a social media platform. Uh, Telegram, uh, you know, and a host of other apps, LinkedIn, um, uh, of course, you know, uh, X and Thread, uh, microblog, like microblogging platforms, uh, Snapchat, which is very, very famous among uh, young children, children, uh, and etc. So any app, any app that enables, I mean, in scholarly, uh, you know, writings, any app or platform which allows people to consume content, to connect with others and build communities can be considered as social media platform. Okay, so let's come back to the proposal, right? How would age restriction laws be implemented in Malaysia, considering the practical challenges that exist, like user verification and platform enforcement? That's a very interesting question, because I myself honestly wonder how can how can it be implemented effectively and efficiently? Because... Uh, you know, what would happen to the children if they're under 16 and they utilize uh, the social media content? Will they be fined or would their parents be fined? So thinking, you know, um, of implementing a law, uh, like I said, sounds ideal, but I think a lot of thought needs to be put into it. You need to, you know, I as a researcher, I think it's very important to study the effectiveness, uh, you know, of such laws have other countries actually uh, done this and was it effective uh, you know what would be the uh, you know the uh, repercussions from uh, introducing such laws would it make them more rebellious for instance would it make them be more you know they, they, they don't trust the government for instance would that create you know these kind of people so uh, a lot of thought needs to be done, uh, you know, a lot of work needs to be done before actually, you know, implementing such laws. And the truth is kids and teenagers are actually more than capable of finding a way around many of these restrictions, right? So will <laughs> yes. an age restriction really stop children from accessing social media? That's the thing, right? I I honestly don't think so because 
I don't think it will stop them from accessing social media. If anything, I think it will make them be more creative in finding solutions or ways to maneuver around it, you know, to find ways on how can they access it without, uh, you know, uh, being noticed uh, by, uh, you know, uh, the lawmakers or even their parents. So, you know, for instance, you know, WhatsApp is a form of social media. Can we stop them from using WhatsApp? You know, especially when teachers use it to share homework, you know, or school notes. So there's also the private chat function on WhatsApp, you know, which hides conversation, which makes it very difficult for us to also detect it. Uh, therefore, in my opinion, it would probably be more effective to inculcate media and information literacy skills, like, you know, how to access, how to analyze how to evaluate information, essentially, you know, be more skeptical and not susceptible to any information obtained online or offline, you know, to be more ethical in creating content. You know, there is, you know, so much, only so much that we can do uh, by controlling. Instead, I think we should empower them, empower them with education, empower them with the ability to discern, uh, you know, between useful information and those that, that, that does not benefit them. You know, empower them, you know, uh, and allow them to give them, uh, you know, the knowledge on how to differentiate between facts and false information, you know, how to verify information, how to check if an information is credible, you know, when, uh, how to create content uh, that's ethical, you know, know when to agree to disagree, how to practice good etiquette. There's just so much we can do to empower them uh, and to make them responsible users. Now, I want to ask uh, about parents, because it seems parents are crucial in this story, isn't it? Um, What have you noticed about parental attitudes? I mean, how varied are parental attitudes towards technology and their children's use? So if you notice, a lot of parents use technology as nannies. You know, uh, you know, it's in, uh, it's interesting because you know a lot of parents when children are young, they they use devices as a way to help you know care for their children. For instance, if they're doing work, they would allow their children to use um uh, uh, you know a tablet uh to watch YouTube or to play some kind of game uh, and etc. So this is a cult, sort of a culture that we have inculcated among our children. When you're bored, use a device. So this is something that. We unintentionally, uh, you know, introduced uh, and inculcate. So it's very difficult to say, you know, it's it's wrong for parents to do it because we, I do understand, you know, how difficult it is to juggle between work and caring for your children and all that. But I do think probably parents must be more active in monitoring what their child are accessing. If you do give them a phone or an iPad, for instance, do know what what websites are they visiting? Who are they talking to? Who are their online friends? Because their sets of online friends may differ from, you know, their friends in reality. It may be, you know, people who are older, who lives all the way in another country uh, and etc so parental supervision is crucial uh, but at the same time uh, it is uh, also important for parents to also empower their children uh, and to be involved uh, in their children's uh, usage of devices and social media we have about two minutes left as a parent yourself what would your advice be to other parents in the digital age when it comes to managing their children's social media usage 
Uh, I would suggest that parents to be more involved uh, in the lives of their children online and offline, you know. Uh, uh, know their friends online and offline. Uh, I would also encourage them, you know, to discuss about any content that they come across which may be false. Uh, you know, encourage the children to go up to them, uh, you know, to talk to them. If they have any questions regarding any information or anything that they come across, you know, to also, you know, tell the children to not immediately believe what they access online, to fact check, uh, and also to be a responsible uh, social media user. Dr. Sabaria, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you so much. That was Associate Professor Dr. Sabaria Saleh, Head Secretariat for Jomchek Malaysia, which is the country's first academia media civil society fact-checking alliance. Uh, We want to hear from you as well. We're talking about um, a suggestion that social media be restricted to those aged 16 and above. Do you agree with this? And if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media usage? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 6.37. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about a suggestion from a Suhakam commissioner that there should be an age restriction put in place for social media. Uh, so only 16 and above. And that you need parental permission if you're below 18. So we've been asking you, do you agree with an age restriction for social media use? And if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media usage? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp. 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have uh, some thoughts that have come in. Let's start with this voice note from Danny. Not only is enforcement extremely difficult, I believe that even if it were enforceable, the costs would outweigh the benefits. Danny, thank you for that. You know, I, I'd like if, if you could, I would actually like to hear more about um, what exactly you mean when it comes to the cost would outweigh the benefits. Because, um, of course, there were several things we talked about in the interview earlier. Uh, on the one hand, cost as in the sheer effort of having to put this in place and how to enforce it, uh, which may be near impossible, to be honest. Uh, but on the other hand, whether the cost that you mean um, also refers to the kind of information or connections or parasocial relationships that uh, children may lose out on if you restrict them from social media. Yeah, I, I, Danny, I remember correctly, our guests, uh, you know, mentioned several things, including the psychological responses of children, right? So uh, that it might breed resentment and distrust and distrust not only in their parents, but in larger authority. Any, anybody that's now trying to control their uh, access to the world. And, you know, we, we cannot argue anymore that technology isn't, in fact, uh, as important an avenue to explore the world as is walking out your front door, just exploring the world. And a lot of studies show that for for younger people, the line between online life and real life is actually quite blurry, that it's kind of a seamless, my relationships kind of extend into both and we carry on conversations from real life into the online space, we play games together, our pictures and you know, and and so how do you restrict something like that? And how do you pull your child out of um, a sort of 
a web of relationships and say, well, you can't be a part of something everyone else is. Yeah, but it would be everyone uh, with a stone in the same age yes, category, right? Yeah. But I just, I mean, uh, the Suhakam Commission that suggested it, I think, was expressing, at least on one level, um, a sense of urgency. That there's a need for us to deal with something that's so powerful and so ubiquitous. And every, it's everywhere. And every child, in some way or other, is drawn into this world. And yet we haven't thought carefully enough about regulating that, right? So, so many spheres of life are regulated and maybe we don't need more regulation. I mean, that's one argument. The other argument that at least for children who are vulnerable, we who haven't had a chance to weigh everything and develop their, their social skills, they're now at the, at the receiving end of all this. So yeah, I think that at least on that level, I would be with the Suhakam Commissioner that says we need to think about this at least. Well, for what it's worth, it's not as if no one has tried to put something like this in place. I mean, I'm not sure whether China's approach to um, digital access is really the one we want to model ourselves after. But they have tried in terms of at least young people and using social media. In, in 2018, for instance, uh, Douyin um, introduced in-app parental controls. They banned underage users from appearing in live streams. They, they released a teenager mode. Um, and then in 2019, uh, doing limited users in teenager mode to only 40 minutes uh, of usage per day. And they also limited the hours in the day where they could use um, use the app. Uh, and then in 2021, they made it so that the teenager mode was mandatory for users under 14. So there are ways in which the developers themselves or the platform itself can take more of a responsibility for this. Yeah, I suspect uh, there was uh, some hand of government in that as well in terms of social policy being, you know, directing developers to, to add these features. But yeah, I mean, if developers think of themselves as in a conversation with parents so that, you know, uh, parents don't have, uh, it's not an either-or situation for parents, either to you know, to buy these devices and then go, you know, the whole hog uh, or, you know, uh, to have nothing at all. And so, uh, you know, that way they enable parent, parental uh, attempts to form some sort of um, controls over their over their children's usage. Uh, that's helpful. But then, then the question is, is government, should government step in? Should we just leave it to the developers? Uh, or do all parents, are all parents, in fact, on board on, with this, right? Because different parents clearly have different views on technology and also on the question of their children's freedom. We have this voice note uh, from Lalita. In my opinion, after closely following the U.S. Senate's inquiry into the impact of social media on children, I definitely believe in close monitoring as children are vulnerable and these platforms are toxic and are not well regulated. The contents are short and rapid to even be able to be scrutinized and filtered by cybernetic authorities. Then comes the algorithm. The algorithm of various social media platforms is well manipulated to cunningly appear or lure innocent children and quickly influence them towards the um, addiction of misinformed content being constantly consumed. I am yet to allow my teenager to own a phone. I'm so skeptical and scared to do so. I do allow my child to use my phone to closely monitor the type of content that appears unnecessarily during the usage of um, social media. It does get tiring sometimes, but as parents, we are left with limited options to safeguard our children with social media predators. 
Uh, thank you for that, Alita. Actually, that part about it getting tiring is so true, isn't it? Because um, this kind of constant monitoring, overseeing, and not just that, constant conversations about the kind of content that you might come across. Um, it used to be that you only needed to talk about what you saw in the evening news, the kind of movies you might watch and, you know, be safe when you go to certain spaces with your friends. Now it's extended to practically everything that you might do because devices and social media are ever present. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, how many parents just give up. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's this, what I was told recently, it's called iPad parenting. You just basically put an iPad in front of your child. Uh, I, I find it disconcerting when I see parents do that. But, you know, children um, are interesting because because they have an insatiable need to consume the world. Uh, I've seen parents sit with their children and answer question after question after question. And I think, wow, how do you have the energy to do that? And so, yeah, pushing the iPad in front of the child does seem like a natural reaction. But then, of course, then what happens, right? Keep your thoughts coming. We're asking you, uh, do you agree with there uh, being an age restriction for social media use? And if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media usage? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It's 6.50. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're asking you, do you agree with an age restriction for social media? And if you are a parent, how do you manage your child's social media usage? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with another voice note. This is from Sanjay. Okay, um, we don't really restrict her so much. I think if you restrict them too much as well, they will find another way of doing it. So usually just, she's at home, we know what she's doing, we can see her, we can hear her. So we leave it to her, but we don't really restrict her so much. And I think that's a good way. And I find that suits us very well. So open relationship with her means that she's more like a friend to me than a, like, than a dad. So I think that's quite fun. So she tells me what she does. I know what she posts on social media. I know what she watches. I kind of hear what she does at home, what kind of music she listens to, what kind of things she watches on TV. And we communicate quite often. And I think that's a better relationship than trying to be too restricted to her. I think she'll trust me more. And I think surely that she won't be afraid to ask me stuff next time or get my opinion or even my wife's opinion. So that's good. So we are more like a friend to her and she, we feel like an adult. So she knows that she's not a, a kid at home. Sanjay, thank you for that. Um, Actually, that, that made me smile listening to that. And, and I think to a, to a large extent, this actually might be... Um, one solution uh, to kind of treat your child as somebody who needs your guidance and your presence, but also as an individual with whom you need to have constant conversations. 
Yeah, I like the way you ended that, Sanjay, by talking about how you treat it like an adult, right? And so the question, the, there isn't the sharp breaks, right? So this proposal of, you know, restricting uh, social media to the age of 16. So you can only be 16 and above, and that between 16 and 18, uh, you know, 18 when you reach the age of, I think, age of majority, right? You're legally able to vote. Uh, you, you still have to ask your parents' permission. But in the process, to what extent we infantilize the child, we you know, talk down to the child and say we know better uh, as a one kind of approach, as opposed to what Sanjay you're saying, which is that you treat the child like an adult who, yes, needs guidance, as you say, Shamila, but also needs to uh, make their own decisions. And then that decision making, you know, you talk about consequences. I mean, that's the adult conversation you want to be having with your child actually throughout their lives, right? And being able to, uh, I think, uh, if I'm paraphrasing, to know that you can go to your parent to have a conversation, I think is so important. Because I'm also thinking about uh, when I was a kid or, or in my early teens, um, sure, there were things that I knew I was not supposed to read or consume. Did it stop me? Not necessarily. Did I watch DVDs that maybe were aged much higher than I than I was at that point? Yes, we watched it either at my home or my friend's homes when our parents were upstairs or not around or whatever, right? Uh, were there books I read that I were frankly much too adult for me and I had a shock when I read them? Yes. These are all part and parcel of the kind of testing of boundaries that many children um, and teenagers do. The important thing, I think, is to know... Were you damaged by this? I am probably biased. I'd like to say no. Um, <laughs> you're, you're a well-adjusted adult. That's what you are. Despite I hope, these... I'd like to hope so. Age disappointment inappropriate, age-inappropriate material that you're exposed to. But I think the danger with uh, social media, one, is how pervasive and how how huge in volume the content is. And also, of course, the other thing is the ability for strangers to be able to engage with kids, right? Um, and that, again, goes back to being able to talk to your parents, to be able to at least have conversations about your activities online. Um, we have a number of messages that have come in. Um, Hardeep says, regarding this topic, enforcement is very difficult without the full environment, full involvement and cooperation from the respective social media platforms. Instead of an easier, instead of an easier start to identify fakes, these platforms should be able to identify pictures or videos that have been doctored. This will stop people from portraying themselves as more better looking than they are, such as influencers. And parents should be monitoring their children's social media usage. It's tiring, yes, but highly crucial. Yeah, Hadip, um, yeah, I'm on, you know, I think the part of your message has to do with what we're talking about, right, which is the exhaustion that comes from the demand to be constantly monitoring your children's social media usage. The other part, I think, is just the inherent logic of social media that impacts adults as much as it does children, right? The expectations that you have on yourself to present yourself in particular ways and so on and so forth. But coming back to the topic, though, um, Yes, it's exhausting. So what is best? Is it best to treat your child as an autonomous uh, being that largely has freedom and you hope that when they encounter things that are difficult, they come to you and they have that conversation with you rather than curate all the, the you know, 
all the, that your children will see and restrict it. What is the best and most practical approach to actually dealing with this deluge? Well, to Hardeep's point about this needing the involvement of the uh, platforms or, or the developers themselves, Munif has several points to make. So Munif says, I fear for our future when the world will be inherited by a generation of people who never grew up in said world. The harms of social media are well documented, what with all the confidence issues, mental issues, addiction issues and real time social interaction impediments. Not to mention actual cyber crimes made accessible to kids such as grooming, scamming and pedophilia. I won't even get into all the explicit content so easily being exposed to children. Heck, I'd argue that social media is bad even for grown, seemingly reasonable adults. We were less angry, less spiteful and less hateful before social media. Imagine generations uh, into this status quo. So yeah, some form of parental guidance is indeed needed. But with the evolution of tech these days, how well can parents police apps that they themselves know less and less about? Roblox, for example, is constantly under scrutiny for being a hotbed of child grooming. But we're not even sure if it's if it is, is it more of a video game? Is it social media? Where would parents even begin? When it comes to the tech conundrum, there's only so much parents can do. The initiative must always, always fall to the government to implement primarily. Have a conversation with big tech and app developers instead. If money was at stake, big tech would solve this in an instant. Because it is so-called just a social consequence at stake, they don't really care. Yeah, I don't know if big tech is so uh, indifferent to what's happening. I mean, when you look at, at the kinds of conversations that, you know, uh, I so had, it's it's But it's because of social pressure, though, isn't it? It is, and it's yeah. fine. I mean, why, why shouldn't social be, I mean, why shouldn't they be part of whatever that's going on in the world, right? So, but I always struck when I read uh, headlines uh, from tech developers that they themselves are very skeptical or very concerned about their children's use, right? So I was, I was struck. Some years ago, Chamath uh, Palihapatiya, I think, who is a CEO of Social Capital and former Facebook executive, he says his kids get no screen time whatsoever. And I was shocked by that, right? Because it does seem that uh, social media and just the world of the internet has so much to offer children if we can figure out how to curate it for them. So I am hesitant to um, completely throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, I think there can be a lot of things on social media that can be helpful or useful or help you uh, learn and and just form connections with the world. Um, But I do think that Munif, to Munif's point, placing the responsibility of this solely on parents when it comes to a platform that is actually deeply complicated and constantly evolving is the other thing, um, can be a lot, right? And this notion of perhaps an age restriction is one way in which you can get the uh, platforms themselves to take some responsibility uh, over who is consuming their content and who they are, who how their content gets out into the world. Uh, but anyway, keep your thoughts coming. We will continue the conversation after this. We are asking you, do you agree with an age restriction for social media? And if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media use? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Banana from Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
It is just coming up to 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about a call from um, a Suhakam commissioner that there should be an age restriction placed on social media use. Essentially, that uh, it should be restricted to those age 16 and above, and then um, 16 and above, and that below 18, you should need parental permission to use, um, which got us talking about whether this is something that could work. Um, so we want to hear from you as well. Uh, do you think there should be an age restriction for social media? And if you're a parent, how do you manage your child's social media use? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Um, let's start with a voice note. This is from Ajit. I'm a mother of two young teenage girls. I applaud the move by Suhakam to increase the minimum age of children to access social media to 16, um, together with parental control up to the age of 18. However, uh, I'm deeply concerned on the practical implementation of this move or this proposal. Um, Right now, children as young as eight or nine, or sometimes even younger than that, have access, unlimited access, in fact, to social media. So if this move is implemented, uh, what happens to those children who already have access to to social media? Um, As a parent who works, um, it is difficult to monitor and keep tabs uh, on what children do on social media. So instead of uh, having that increase, perhaps the other thing that could happen is to uh, ensure that the ISP providers carry that additional responsibility of taking steps to protect children online. For now, I'm aware that uh, TikTok and I believe also Instagram has a minimum age of 13 before a child can sign up for social media on those platforms. But having a minimum age is not sufficient. Um, the ISP providers also need to carry, in fact, the higher responsibility to ensure that these platforms that, that are being accessed uh, by children is safe. Ajit, thank you for that. You know, that point about being a working parent um, and it not necessarily being the most the most feasible to monitor what your child is doing at all times. I think that's a point well made. Um, I also think that it is true that these nominal measures that most social media platforms have currently, which is just to have a minimum age to sign up, is just not working. Yeah, so we so we have s- several contradictory impulses, right? On one hand, we want the technology to liberate parents, parents uh, uh, liberate children's minds, let them explore the world. We want all that, all the good stuff. But we're also concerned there's a lot of bad stuff uh, that's going into the mix. And then the question is, whose responsibility is it? Is it the parents? Is it government? Is it, it, is it developers and, you know, businesses that, uh, that own these platforms? Uh, what incentives are there for these platforms to put in those uh, mechanisms, that, especially because, because there will be cost to them, right? I mean, not like I am so concerned that they will have to spend more money in order these to... These poor social media <laughs> that's companies, That's right, these right? billionaires yeah. suddenly having to, you know, cough up more money to uh, to make a better product uh, for society, not necessarily for their bottom line. But yeah, so uh, what's going to change it? Maybe it's going to have to be government. Government's going to have to sort of... Uh, define what that uh, uh, sandbox is for children, right? Where they can explore, but they don't necessarily hurt themselves in the exploration. So earlier, Danny had sent in a voice note to say um, that he 
believe that the cost of this sort of restriction would outweigh the benefits. And and I'd asked um, what he meant. So uh, Danny's actually sent a follow-up voice note. Here that is. Yeah, enforcement has a cost, but I was referring specifically to being denied access to information. Right, the other day, my sister was telling me that in primary one nowadays, they are doing what used to be primary four syllabus. And I believe a lot of this has to do with uh, kids' access to various medias, YouTube, you know, Instagram, TikTok. They're just so aware now at a very young age. Sure, information is double age. There could be harmful information and useful information. So I think it's really up to the parents to, to guide them in terms of what information they they should be assessing. And, and I think we shouldn't be too paternalistic as well or maternalistic. We should show them harmful information and teach them how to think critically about such information and to criticize it as one of your guests said. And uh, to know that not everything online is true. So just on that general basis, you know, I would think the the cost far outweighs the benefit if we were to implement any such policing of social media on kids. Like on the issue of gaming, where China restricts kids in terms of how many hours they can play games, I think a much more productive way is to tell the kid, you know, that if you play an excessive amount of games, your results are going to suffer and it doesn't take too long for those uh, those predictions to play out in real life. You know, within the year by year end, when they sit for the exam, they'll know what their results are. Right? So I think another thing to bear in mind is what Hayek used to say in his book, right, On the Road to Serve Them. Um, Free freedom is important, right? There are a lot of things that are harmful to us, but they should not be banned, like smoking, um, you know, and and other examples that slips my mind right now. But, you know, the quality of life declines dramatically if somebody is not able to carry out activities that they enjoy, that other people might object to. And I remember there's this one example in Tiger Mom, right? She has two kids. One kid was very obedient, did her, you know, piano classes, did the, the kind of sports that the mom wanted her to do. And the other kid was more rebellious. She was better at one sports, but she didn't want to do that. And she went against everything her mom wanted her to do. And she preferred to play tennis instead. But uh, the, the quality of her happiness was, um, or her happiness was much higher, right? So sometimes it's not just about the outcome. It's about the process and doing doing what you enjoy right so i think kids just have to be made to realize that with access to information there comes a certain level of responsibility and uh, they need to be taught how to manage that appropriately from my perspective i have no issue with ipad parenting i mean that device opens a whole new world to the kid my nieces they learn how to read and write on the ipad they are they, it gamifies the the educational process so i think there's no harm there Again, it comes back to moderation right? and letting the kid knows what's useful, what apps are useful for them, what are harmful for them, and you know how much they should be on it uh, in, in a day, and what are the consequences if they were to consume content on iPad excessively. Right? So, so it's all an educational process. Danny, thank you. You touched on a number of different things there. Um, I do agree with you. Uh, that's what I meant earlier when I said I'm hesitant to 
throw out the baby with the bathwater, that there are so many ways in which having access to digital platforms and and social media and um, all of the various things that you get from being on the internet has enriched many people's uh, childhoods, right? Um, Given them access to information like at no other time. Um, And it is also true that kids are able to have a a view of the world that is so much wider and and so much more varied. Uh, It does come with these challenges though and and sometimes I think the problem is that these uh, developments happen so quickly um, and the evolution I mean TikTok is what it's not even 10 years old Um, so how quickly can can parents adapt um, and how quickly do they have to relearn how the internet works? I think that's where the challenge is. Yeah, there's also something about every generation generation having its own fears, right? So I grew up in a generation in the 70s where television, believe it or not, Shamila, television <laughs> was the harbinger of, you know, stupidity. Is this is when the horse and buggy was, you know, right no, parked right no, outside? No, but you know, the cars looked slightly <laughs> different. Uh, but yeah, it was this really weird fear of uh, of television as being something that was going to dumb down the intelligence of younger people mm. i remember the debates that we had in school and we were and you know these questions would come out like, you know, is television going to be harmful for children? So the, that technology, and I know because I, I was addicted to the television, you know, but I also grew up on Jacuzzi documentaries. Whatever was good on television, I also benefited from. So I, I, I think it's just the anxiety of something that's new, that's something that's outside of our control, that parents are trying to negotiate. In fact, us as a society are trying to negotiate. Yes, because it's also, is it parents, is it government, um, and then there's that collective sort of moral, who does that moral responsibility fall to? That's why I like what Danny said, because what Danny does, and I mean, he quotes Friedrich Hayek for, of, you know, of all things, but, you know, it's, it's great, you know, Danny, that you mention him, because there was and has and continues to be a discussion about where the moral responsibility lies. I mean, do we want to invest it in the state? Does the state become the super parent for us as, as a society or do we take on those uh, those responsibilities as individuals as couples as single parents whatever it is you know i think that's the, the dilemma keep your thoughts coming do you agree with an age restriction for social media and if you're a parent how do you manage your child's social media use you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. tweet us at bfm radio you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the bfm app